Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 30th of October 2016, entitled The Model Church, and the Bible reading is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 41 to 47. Here's Brother Daniel Alexandru. Uh, book of Acts chapter 2 from verse uh, 41 to uh, 47. Uh, we want to uh, look uh, this uh, evening to a um, church that um, needs to be a model for us, a pattern for us. And uh, we want to look at this church to learn from it. So um, the church uh, we're reading tonight about is the church in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 2, from verse 41 to the end of this chapter, please. Let's give the, uh, the honor uh, that the Word of God deserves. And the Word of God says, Then they that gladly received His Word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Dear Lord, we uh, just open your book and we uh, read a few verses from this book of Acts. This is your word, Lord, and um, we know all the words in your Holy Bible are inspired by your Holy Spirit, Lord. And Lord, help each and every one of us to take heed of your word. Help each and every one of us to go by your word, Lord. Not by our own opinions or other people's opinions, but by your word. And Lord, bless this word to our hearts and help us to be a church just like in the book of Acts here. A church that will go by your word. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have a seat please. You may be seated. We are looking at a church that should be a model for uh, each and every Bible Baptist church in our days and age. We see... A great church here. And when I say great church, I am not referring only to the 3,000 people that were added there, but to different other things. And I would like for us to uh, see a few characteristics, a few attributes of this church, and see if we can apply them to our church, to our uh, life as Christians in this 21st century we live in, and it seems that technology and modern things and people's ideas, people's thoughts have entered into the church, and uh, the church is not exactly what it's supposed to be. And 
when we talk about church, we talk about church in general, but uh, we want to be more specific and we want to refer to local churches because that's what we see nowadays. We see local churches. Uh, a church needs to be visible. A, need, a church needs to have a, a place to meet. Uh, a church needs to have people. Okay, a church might have a building or not. This is not mandatory because it's not the walls that make up a church, but the people. So to have a church, we need to have people. Amen. So the first thing I want to, I want us to notice here in uh, verse 41, in order for this church to be a great church, and we want to follow this Model church, this church that is found in the Bible, so we can be a great church. So we can be a church like that church where people, you see, verse 31 says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. We see people that gladly received the word of God. We see people that got saved in in a great church, we find saved people. There are so many churches nowadays where if you go in, you see people that are religious, but not saved. If you go to Romania, my country, and you ask people on the street, are you a Christian? They say, yeah, of course I'm a Christian. I'm not a pagan, I'm a Christian. If you go to the prisons, and ask those that are in there, and they killed, and uh, they did all kinds of things uh, to be put in those places. There, they say, "Yes, I'm a Christian. Of course, I'm a Christian." But when they say they are Christians, they don't say they are saved. They say they are religious. And if we have churches full of religious people, we don't have great churches because great churches have. Saved people. These people received the word of God. And they gladly opened their hearts. They accepted the, fa the fact that they were lost. And on their way to hell. And the only chance for them to be saved. To escape hell was to accept Jesus Christ. And they accepted Jesus Christ. Peter is the one that preached in that day. And said repent. You don't hear this word so often, very so often nowadays. Repent, repent, repent. Why should I repent? If I believe, it's enough. But if you go to Asia, to India, for example, and you talk to the Indians there about Jesus Christ, they say, oh yes, I want this God. Give me a statue of Jesus. Give me a little thing and I'll put it on the shelf here and I will worship Jesus just like I worship the other gods I have. This is not what Jesus means when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for sure, that's not what Jesus meant when he put in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He wanted exclusivity. He wanted the only place in people's life. And these people, if we look at these people, they gladly received 
his word. When Peter said repent and believe in Jesus. They repented of their sins. And they really believed that Jesus was the only way to the Father. The only way to escape hell. Yesterday, I had a job in the surgery. And the lady comes. She's a gypsy lady. And she says, who is my interpreter here? So I say, I am your interpreter. Oh, come, come closer because I want to talk to you. So we, got, we get into a conversation where she mentions the name of Jesus. And then I start, you know, going from there. And I pull out a track, a gospel track. And then she says, oh, I'm a Christian. So I'm glad you're a Christian. Uh, that means uh, you know you're going to heaven. She says, no, I don't. So you don't know? Who can know? Do you know? I said, yes, I know. Huh? Oh, oh. <laughs> she thought I was proud, you know. Oh, how can you know? I said, through the Bible. It's so simple. So here's, you know, track. If you want to know for sure how to get to heaven, I can give you this. Oh, I cannot read, but my son can. I said, okay, that's good for him. And then she says, I have the Holy Spirit. I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, you have the Holy Spirit, but you don't know where you are going. How can I know? So I had to explain her the word of God. Too many people go to churches. Doesn't matter the name. Okay. Some emphasize the Holy Spirit. Others emphasize the law. Others emphasize something else. Doesn't matter the name of the church. But if people go to the church and they don't know how they got saved. They don't know what they believed to become Christians. I wonder what kind of salvation is that. Because these people, when they heard Peter preach, they repented. They accepted Jesus Christ. They accepted even to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. To show the remission of of sins. They were not baptized. The lady says, oh, I was baptized so my sins were forgiven. I says, no. <laughs> Jesus, his blood. First John chapter 1 verse 9 says that the blood of Jesus, only through the blood of Jesus we have the remission of sins. Not through the water of baptism. Here it says that this baptism shows something. It shows that Jesus washed away my sin. If uh, I have a wedding ring, it can show something. But if Antonio has my ring on his finger, it doesn't mean that he's married, even if he has a wedding ring. Okay? If you are baptized to show people that you are saved and you don't have the remission of sins in your heart through the blood of Jesus, you are not saved. Even if you have the sign, the exterior sign, the baptism. Yes, it shows something. The baptism shows something. 
if Jesus really saved you, the baptism, the water, you go in and you come out, it shows something. It shows that you had your sins forgiven. But it's just a symbol. It doesn't save anybody. These people received the word of God. These people got saved. And because they got saved, and this was a real salvation, they wanted to be identified with Jesus and they accepted to be baptized. I know people that say and claim they are saved, but when it comes to baptism, they don't want to be baptized. They don't want to be identified with the local body of Jesus Christ, with the local church. Baptism is a sign. A sign of identification. God wants people to know that we are different than the others. God wants us to show others that we love Jesus and we are determined to follow Jesus. Wherever he goes, I will follow him publicly. Daniel stated publicly, I don't want to worship to this icon or idol because... I have a God, I have a real God I love and I worship. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't want to worship to that big statue because they had God as the master, Lord, God. And they said, even if you throw me, king, even if you throw us into the furnace, a fire, we won't worship this God because that's not a God. It's just an idol. God wants us to prove, to show others that we are saved. And if we have a real salvation, I don't think we can hide it. Oh, we might hide it for a certain period of time, but not forever. A real salvation is visible when God moves into a heart, people can see. Look at these people here. The second mark of this great church is that those people joined the church. And they did it through baptism. They accepted to be identified, even if the most of the people there were Jews and they had their Judaism, their religion, and they're following the law, the Ten Commandments, and the Pharisees' uh, commandments, and other stuff. They wanted to separate themselves from the multitude of religious people and show them that they loved God. And they joined the church. And the Bible says that in that day, 3,000 people, great day, amen? Great day. I want to see 3,000 people that they see, but sorry, I cannot do it. It doesn't mean God doesn't have the same power. He still has the same power. But are we, are we the same like these people here? These people here were happy about their salvation. And they are ready to show their salvation. And they did it. Are we ready to show we are saved in this religious country with 
Muslims, so-called Christians, Hindu, atheists, whatever, or we're like, oh, you know, everybody has their own opinion. Everybody has their own choice to make. I don't want to force anybody. I don't want to mess with anybody. If they want to ask me about God, they should come to me. If they don't want, it's their problem. If they ask, I will tell them. If they don't, I won't. Is it what Peter did in that day? The Pentecost? The Spirit of the Lord came upon them. They all started preaching the gospel in different languages so everybody would understand. They could have been mute, but they haven't. <laughs> they haven't been mute. They opened up their mouth and they started speaking up for the Lord. Telling the truth. Do you tell others the truth? We want to be a great church. Oh yes, praise the Lord. This is a good thought. But do we do what they did? Are we happy about our salvation? Are we ready and determined to show others that we are saved? We, we are God's people. We are peculiar people. A holy nation. We love the Lord. And we follow Him wherever He goes. We sing that song that says, Wherever you go, Lord, I will follow you. Does it mean anything to you? Or just repeat some words. So many people repeat prayers. And they have the beats and they count. It's not only the Catholics. It's the Muslims. The same. They do the same. They say their prayers. They say, oh, okay, I've done it once, twice, three times, four times, ten times, twenty times. I finished my thing. I'll start again. Religious people, but just like a dead body, no life in it. There's no life, there's no eternal life in religion. We want to be a great church, we need to see people saved, really saved, not religious, not religious. People who will, who will be able to come and say, I want to follow Jesus Christ through the water of baptism. I want to tell people about Jesus and about his salvation. And the third thing about this great church is that they continue. The Bible says here in verse 40, 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. We have people, and even my church in, in uh, Romania, before I left the church, uh, I had a time when we were looking for a pastor so I can go, come here to England. And there was a, a man, I taught him the Bible in our Bible Institute. But then when he found that I, I was going to leave and the church won't have a pastor, he thought he, he would be the next pastor. So he would, while I was here in England, he would go and, and preach even if I had other people scheduled to preach, there were different things that happened. So he would jump up and say, okay, I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to preach. But, you know, what you heard from 
our pastor about this and that. This is not the Bible. You know, let me tell you the Bible, you know. So he would say, this is what I think about this. Oh, this is, you know, we need to love everybody. We don't have to bother anybody or anything. He continued like that, changing the doctrine until one day when the new pastor now had to say, sorry, but you cannot preach in this church anymore. He knew the doctrine, the sound doctrine. He knew the teaching because doctrine is teaching. You cannot go around saying, we don't care about the doctrine. All we care is about love. We need to love everybody. Yes, we need to love everybody. But we need to stick with the doctrine. What doctrines? The doctrines of the Lord, of the Bible. These people here love the Lord and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine because they are the ones that learn straight from Jesus. They receive their teachings straight from the master. First hand teaching. That's what we need to keep instead and be steadfast. Just like the apostles. The people in this church were really saved. They experienced real conversions. They were doctrinally sound. That means they kept the same teachings that came from the Lord Jesus Christ through his apostles. And they loved fellowship. We love fellowship too. Amen. Oh, I like when they say, oh, I had some visitors from Romania. And one couple one time came here and we had a fellowship. Say, oh, it's great. Did you prepare this for me? No, no, no. God is the one that prepared. Then we had another couple. They came here. There was another thing, anniversary, something, another fellowship. Oh, we love fellowships. Why? Because when we Baptists talk about fellowship, we talk about eating, right? <laughs> As you can see, I like, I love, <laughs> I love eating, yeah? I love Indian food too. And I tell, you know, those Indians, oh, it's good, it's good. I was in the States. Uh, a few weeks ago, and um, in one church, the pastor friend of mine, he was a missionary to Romania, says, uh, tomorrow we are going to an Indian family, and we'll eat Indian food. I say, yeah, I like it, I love it. In Birmingham, I eat Indian food, so I'm going to eat the Indian food here too. Those Christians fed us very well. Too much food, you know. We need to say, stop, like you no know, Proverbs says, with a knife, <laughs> put a knife in your throat here. Say, stop, okay? So we need to uh, exercise self-control. But we love fellowship. This church here, a great church with people saved, with people that were willing to make that step of identification with the Lord, with His church, and they were baptized. They continued staying true to the Word of God. The sound doctrine. They loved fellowship. We need to love fellowship too. But sometimes people are like, oh, if I go to church on Sunday morning, I think this is enough for me. Right? They go back home and they want to come back 
the next Sunday morning. And that's all. I went to some Romanians. They, here, I got a lot of jobs. Lots of jobs here with the Romanians. And yesterday, I went to some people. And, you know, I was telling them about this and that, trying to help them. And then I started talking about Jesus. And one of them says, oh, you know what? We should start a Bible study here. So that's a great thing. Come to church tomorrow and then we'll talk about the Bible study. <laughs> they haven't come, you know, it's obvious. They are not here. But no worries, I'll talk to them again. You know, <laughs> we need, if, if we have this kind of invitation, we need to keep working on this. Amen. We don't have to reject them. God says, if you have an opportunity, go for it. Tell people. If you find people willing to listen to you, go. And talk to them. We need fellowship. We need fellowship here. We need fellowship at home. It's better to have Christian friends than hidden friends. Yeah, we need to meet people and tell them about Jesus. But where is our circle of friends? Where do we spin around? Around the hiddens? And spend all our time with them? Or... We spend time with them trying to, to show them Jesus, to tell them about Jesus. Then we come back to our circle of Christian friends where we need to recharge our batteries. While we were in the States for three weeks, we got back home. My wife's car, when I tried to turn it on, wouldn't start. I was like, oh, it's the battery. No, it's the starter. It was the starter, but it wasn't only the starter. I changed the starter. I put a new one. I tried to start the car. It wouldn't work. So I said, it's the battery. So I had to go and find some job leads. And, you know, I started the car. And after several days of running the car, I didn't have to use the jump leads anymore. Because the car is good now with the battery. The battery is recharged. It's good. I went to spend some money on a new battery. But now I'm, oh, thank God. I don't have to buy another battery because this is good. All it needs is... Some recycling. Recharge, recharge, recharge. We need to come to fellowship again and again here. And we need to meet at home for fellowship, for Bible study, for praising the Lord. Because we all need recharge, recharge. We all get out in this world and we get our feet dusty. Our hands dusty, tired. We become tired. And sometimes we feel like, I cannot do it any longer. But if we recharge the battery, the house of the Lord, in private fellowships, then we'll be able to continue and continue and continue until Jesus comes Back. And I was telling the children this morning, uh, the children's church, about those three stewards. The master gave them money. And they were supposed to invest the money and bring more money back. And out of three, one kept the money Underneath somewhere, instead of investing the money, 
He kept it there. And when the master came back, and the first one says, Oh, he gave me five talents. I give you ten back. One received two. I give you four back. The one that received only one says, You gave me one. I give you one back. Who was the wise steward? The one with one? The one with five? And the one with two? Oh, the ones that received five and two, and they doubled the amount. Wouldn't it be great when Jesus comes back to say, Well done. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. But if we hide everything we got from God, because we don't love fellowship with the other I don't want people to come into my house and bother my house and mess up my house. I don't want to feed anybody else. I don't want to go too much to the house of the Lord and give that tithe and offering they always ask for. I don't want to tell my neighbor about Jesus. I don't want to tell my co-worker about Jesus because it's not my job. It's the pastor's, the missionary's job, the deacon's job, but not my job. Don't expect Jesus to say, well done, because it's not well done. These people here in this church were people real saved. They made that step where they identified with Jesus Christ in public. And then they continued. They didn't come to be with the Lord just for good times, for good for bad. Every time with Jesus. They continued steadfastly. Good people. Good people. Praise the Lord for them. We need more like them today. The last thing about this church that made it be a great church and it's a model for us and we should follow this pattern in our lives, in our church life. The Bible says in verse 41, 3,000 souls were saved and added to the church. That is growth. A mark of a great church is the spiritual growth. We need to grow spiritually. We need to grow Numerically, if we don't grow, we will die one day. Two people, if they don't have children, a, a family of two, when, when God created Adam and Eve, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Multiply means, if you say two times two, this is four, right? Two times three, this is six. Okay, if two people have two children, did they multiply? Those two die, and two others come from behind. Is this multiplication? No, it's a constant number. <laughs> two passed away, two are in their place. But if, you, if two pass away and three are left behind, it's more than two. Four are left behind, four it's more than two. Jesus asked his children to be fruitful and multiply. This church multiplied. 
They grew spiritually, but they grew numerically. This is growth. God blessed them. God blessed them because they had a heart for God. They were willing to identify themselves with the Lord and be open. Open Bibles for all the others. And these people continued in the sound doctrine. They loved the word of God. And God added to the church. Verse 47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. What a blessing. What a blessing. The Lord added to the church daily. That's growth. They grew spiritually. They grew numerically. Do we want to be? Do we want to be a great church? Yes, we can. We need to have faith. We need to help. But we need to be just like this church in the book of Acts. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord, we opened the Bible. We read the verses. We heard your voice, Lord. But Lord, if we don't do anything about your word, we'll be just like somebody looked in a mirror and then carried on without doing anything. Lord, if there is something to be changed in our lives, please tell us individually your Holy Spirit. And Lord, help each and every one of us to make the right decision, accepting you, accepting your word, accepting the rebuke, accepting whatever comes from you. And just like this church, help this church, Lord, here to be a great church. And we will be, Lord, if we obey your Holy book, the Holy Scripture. Help me and each one that is here this evening. Follow Jesus in his footsteps. Help us to be the lights you want us to be. Help us to be the mouths that you want us to be. So we can tell people about Jesus, so we can show people about Jesus. And you, Lord, it's only you who can add this church. Bless this church. Bless the people. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.